or Nietzsche? I think it's technically Nietzsche. Okay, that one feels better in my mouth. Nietzsche feels better in your mouth than Nietzsche? Uh, yeah, Very I need to so. stretch my yeah. mouth out more for the for the, uh, the second I, one. I learned it as Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Uh, anyway, I'm going to start with a, a quote. This is about... Uh, uh, not how I figured this episode was going to start. <laughs> this is about the theater of cruelty. <laughs> Oh, no, never mind. Yeah, no, we're back on track. (laughs) Now it makes sense. Go on. Uh, Nietzsche's definition of cruelty informs uh, Artois' own, declaring that all art embodies and intensifies the underlying brutalities of life to recreate the thrill of experience. Although Artois did not formally cite Nietzsche, their writing contains a familiar persuasive authority, a familiar exuberant phraseology, the motifs in extremis. Uh, That's Lee Jameson from his book, Antonin Artois, from theory to practice, uh, pertaining to something that I thought of while watching this movie, <laughs> theater of cruelty. Okay. Uh, so. I, I'm almost tempted to say you're starting too highbrow for this. It's, but... uh, well, when you came in, I don't think you, you heard me, but I screamed in <laughs> anguish as my, the two halves of my brain were being torn apart. One from reading about theater of cruelty, the history of that, as well as phenomenology <laughs> and existentialism in, yeah. in relation to our topic today. And then Jesus the Christ. actual topic of today, which uh, could not be any lower, lowbrower. You're correct on all counts. I think grad school has given my brain a filter <laughs> to where I don't hear that particular kind of scream. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's a frequency it, that. You've learned I'm, to block out. I'm too used to it. I've, <laughs> I was molded by it. Oh, my <laughs> God. Uh, so I remember learning about theater of cruelty in in school because uh, I'm a theater major. And sure. I, I, was, I was bad in that class. It was like 8 a.m. I, I, <laughs> no, 8 a.m. classes should be fucking illegal. It's stupid. But the term theater of cruelty kind of stuck with me. And to really summarize it poorly, it's <laughs> – was a change from almost like comfort food theater to theater that would shake people out of their kind of um, apathetic vibe. Gotcha. Um, it, it also, I think, I want to say it was popularized in and around World War II. I could be wrong. I mean, about I that. wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Given pretty much any playwright or creative that survived World War One was like, what the fuck are we even yeah. doing? Well, I want to so. say Artois was originally a surrealist, which that would have been the twenties, I think, right? Um, twenties and earlier. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's probably right. I'm a theater major, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I, my brain and history are not what they used to be. So, who? Anyway, yeah, let's say yes. He he wanted to have the audience like get, do away with the stage, right? Sure. He would have the audience sit wherever they're going to sit, and then he would have the actors kind of, like, act around them. And with, like, as little mm. dialogue as possible, but with extreme uh, sound, right? So he would use sound 
and like effects to, to jar people out of their apathy. That's even weirder than Brechtian shit. Right. Like well, I think they were buds, but it yeah probably that that um, that would track. <laughs> but though there was a screen separating me from Mac and me, it very much felt like <laughs> theater of cruelty where I'm being jarred out of my apathy uh, with with sound and. Very little, very little dialogue, just whistles. Just a lot of whistling, whistling aliens whistling. all around you. It's, we're doing Mac and me. We're doing Mac and me. Surprise. And, um, I am so mad. I, I, this could be entirely wrong again. This was like over a decade ago and booze and things happened. Um, but I, I vaguely remember the teacher saying like, this is theater with the intent to hurt the audience. <laughs> <laughs> like instead of like trying to make the audience laugh or like make them feel good about themselves this is theater this is storytelling intended to hurt the audience i'm not sure if that's what they were necessarily going for with mac and me but, but I, it may have been an unintended consequence from all of my reading i understand two intentions the one was make money for the mcdonald ronald mcdonald house mm-hmm. and hurt future watcher jack Culbertson. Oh, well, they said that? They said that, oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Well, was, never mind. It was an interview. Yeah, no. <laughs> never hey, mind. welcome to Drassel. The podcast <laughs> takes award-winning worst films and fixes them. I'm host Jack Colbertson. Here to suffer alongside me, as always, is also host Joe Nealis. Hi, everybody. I'm not. I'm going to try not to whistle. <laughs> Drazzled. How weird can I make this podcast before Joe throws his arms up in defeat? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't hit that mark yet, so. Well, here we go. Uh... <laughs> That brings us to today's topic, boredom, rules, and the phenomenology of a name. <laughs> Joe, you may have thought we were covering Mac and me because I just said that. But we're not. We are. We aren't. Uh, we, what? <laughs> Maybe we are. Uh, <laughs> I hope we are because this was actually a requested film. <laughs> that makes me want to do it even less. Um, <laughs> can we thank that individual? Yes. Wayne, uh, if you're listening... Uh, thank you, and I'm and I, I'm I'm going to be sending you a strongly worded letter. So I've been reading about boredom because I have it, and uh, from what I understand, it's it's an extreme loss of the happy drugs in your brain. That'll do it. <laughs> There's just nothing going on there, uh, and uh, dopamine is one of my yes, that's the one, right? And I, I've, I've been missing it everywhere. I'm in a bit of a manic place right now, audience. Just so you know, it's been a, a wild couple of weeks. It, it has, um, yes. My, my uh, guts are coming out through my belly button. My brain's all <laughs> frizzle frazzled. Um, yeah, Jack, Jack literally has an umbilical hernia as we speak. <laughs> pretty cool. Can't lift anything heavier than my cat. Yeah. Uh, she's fat. <laughs> big, big chunk chunky. Yes, she's um, very good. She's and a soft. good cat, yeah. As as evidenced by uh, our guest appearance last night on on the Cultworthy on Cult yeah, Worthy. Cult Worthy podcast with Antonio Palacios, yes, we were trying to talk about generations and how they uh, think critically on on future film, and I was like, "Well, you see, the human brain has not evolved in hundreds of years." <laughs> you did jump all the way back to like the beginning of human brain evolution uh, for a minute, and you stopped. You're like, "This is too I- much. I've gone too far." <laughs> uh, so while I, I have not gone down that rabbit hole yet, uh, <laughs> that is the, the same headspace. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fuck. You've heard of a band called Radiohead, right? Of course. Yeah. 
how do I feel about Radiohead? You're a big fan. I'm a pretty big You've fan. seen them live. I have. Which I have not. I have. I, uh, I've seen them live and then I saw Tom. Tom oh, Tommy. that's right. I forgot you've seen Tom yeah. York uh, solo as well. Gyrating on stage. Mm. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, have I ever told Just you how much I hate the name? British men's yeah. gyrating. Mm. Have I ever told you how much I hate the name Radiohead? I'm not sure if you have. It almost sounds vaguely familiar, mm-hmm. but I don't know if we've actually like dug in on that. I really dislike the name. Really? Yeah. Why? It's dumb. <laughs> it's du- It's two words that are fine separately and dumber together. Know, have you seen a lot of band names? And that's where I'm getting uh, going with this. Okay. Uh, so there, there gets to be a point where the name of a thing is less important than the thing itself. Okay. Uh, I like to point to Radiohead and I like to point to things like Batman. Um, sure. Which is kind of a stupid name. Yeah, it's silly. But everyone who's vaguely aware of this character never thinks of him as a st- stupidly named character. Right. Everyone that's says not Batman the s- with a, a straight face. Yeah. That, the, the, it is a signifier for a very particular set of ideas. And, right. Uh, and a silly man in a bat suit's not technically one of them, even though it it, it, it is. Yeah. It's, it's only... I only ever think about it when somebody's like, Daredevil should be named Batman and Batman should be named Daredevil because Daredevil sees through echolocation and... Batman doesn't have any kind of echolocation. He just takes very daring jumps off buildings. So their names actually would be better if you switch them. But then Batman would have to have D's on his chest. He would have to have double D's. He would have to, yeah. He would have to have the double D's. And they just suit, they just suit Daredevil so much better. <laughs> That's, yes. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is, the Razzled is more than a name. The Razzled, like Radiohead and the Batman... <laughs> Is more than the name itself. Okay. And if we tie that together with boredom. <laughs> what happens? I'm, I'm, sh- I'm shedding. We're shedding. We're, we're crawling out of the cocoon. Uh, I wouldn't know it's time to molt already. We're God m- damn molt, it. Uh, and evolve beyond the simple premise of taking award-winning worst films and fixing them. I mean, we've kind of been doing that already. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just making it official now. Um, much like Batman, we are more than the Batman name, uh, or Radiohead, which is, I just don't like it. That's fine. I mean, I guess tech, I mean, they're really, I mean, I guess they're on the radio and they are using their heads. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't they matter. Have to, they had to use the thinky bits to do the writing and, <sighs> yeah. and the song construction. I mean, there's not a whole lot of lyric to the newer stuff. It's more just kind of like. And I guess he did get more atmospheric as time yeah. goes on a little bit. But I guess he's using his head because the mouth is on the head. Mouth is on the head. That's true. I don't know much about music, but I'm pretty sure the mouth is on the head. That I've I've gathered that's like 99% mm-hmm. of the time true. So I guess what I, what I want to make clear is as lovely as the Razzies are uh, for giving us a <laughs> jump off point. I don't feel bad about separating ourselves, distancing ourselves from the Razzies themselves. I think we're we're still going to cover them. We're still going to yeah. You know, we're still we're still going to cover the, all that stuff. But we are going to branch out in some ways that you might not expect a show like ours to branch out. Which you know, it's going to take time to figure out exactly what some of that's going to look like. But uh, yeah, sometimes we will cover an episode of on like. A Razzie winner sometimes will be me at a sex club asking people what movie first brought out their inner pervert. 
I mean, given that that idea is tied to another movie we're that going is, to be covering, right. but that's also not a Razzie movie. Correct. So. Um, wonderful. I'm glad we had this conversation. Yes. Would you like to play Pavlovian horses with me? Uh, oh, God. Yeah, I need I need to have horses ready, don't I? I don't think so, but you can't. You should. You should in case I get distracted and go off on a tangent. Yeah, give me one second to actually get horses ready. Uh, so then, so when you're using the fump, phenomenological method you are trying to identify a thing without any kind of emotional attachment or nostalgia but just identifying the thing itself for what it is without your personal biases um you find it yet i'll keep going no i i Uh, i I realize i have to use my phone for this because all the sound from my computer is being looped into my ears and you would then only be the person with the horses in your ears yeah and that's counterintuitive (laughs) I don't mind. That's counterintuitive. Oh, no, you're right. So when you're doing this, and a, a, a good practice is to ask, what is the thing not? Like if you, for example, talk about a table and you say a table has four legs. Well, if you take away a leg, is it still a table? If you take away two legs, is it still a table? Hmm. The answer, I would say, after you take away the second leg, no. No longer. No, it can't really stand the way that it needs to. I can see a feasible three-legged table. Yeah. Um, so then when you're defining a table, it is a, a, a piece of furniture with no less than three legs. That would hmm. be your definition. Now, if you apply that to Durazzled, without the Razzies, are we still Durazzled? You know I'm stalling for you to get the horse. Quickly. I know, I know. Okay. But uh but but my brain just got hung up on the idea that you could actually you could actually rig it so that you have a single leg that goes that spans from one side to the other, but still like contorts in ways down on the ground that gives you the surface area that you well, need. Well, that brings you to the second part of what I think makes a table, which is the flat surface to put things on. Would you still have a flat surface to put things on with that structure? Possibly. Hmm. Then hmm. you might have yourself a table. Might have yourself a table. A table that's an affront to God. We need this table, Jack. <laughs> we don't. We don't. <laughs> um, okay, I think I think I've I've found horses. Uh, let me get the timer. Great. Let me give a little summary about what we're doing. Uh, instead of providing a highly descriptive summary full of quips, we'll be playing a game called Pavlovian Horses, wherein I'll have five minutes to summarize the movie and not a second more. When the timer hits five minutes, Joe will blast me with horse sounds. I hate them. Horses. I hate them. It's true. I've seen it. That's that's all <laughs> I need to know about that. All right, Jack, are you ready? I will sometimes see an equestrian on, on the Tinder, and that is the end of that relationship. <laughs> or a picture with a cute girl and her horse, and I'm like... That's Jack's version of posing with a dead <laughs> fish right. or a gun. <laughs> uh, which I've also seen those. Yep. Uh, no dead fish. No guns. No no equestrians. No equestrians. I'm ready when you are. All right. Three, two, one. Mac and me. <clears throat> After a gentle alien becomes stranded on Earth, the being is discovered and befriended by a young boy named Eric. Bringing the extraterrestrial into his suburban California house, Eric introduces Mac, as the alien is dubbed, to his brother and his neighbor, Debbie. And the children decide to keep its existence a secret. Soon, however, Mac falls ill, 
resulting in government intervention and a dire situation for both Eric and the alien. Would you like to guess how many words I changed from the description of E.T., the extraterrestrial, excluding names? Three? One. (laughs) (laughs) I had to change little sister to neighbor. Is that the the entire description? That's it? Oh, wow. Okay. That didn't even last a minute. (laughs) Okay, there was no hope of horses in this episode. Congratulations. I've I've been horsed before. I I didn't need it this time. Once. You've been horsed once. Once too many. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, a running theme throughout this episode will be Gosh, this sure seems like 1982, I think, right? Yes, yes. 1982 classic E.T., the extraterrestrial. Uh, (laughs) Unfortunately close, but not illegally close. Not illegally close, and that is, yeah, legally dissimilar is kind of the name of the game here. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Wonderful. What a a stellar fucking open to this episode if if you're still listening what uh i thank you and we are we are glad to have you along for the ride keep listening see what kind of weirdness we get up to in in weeks and years and whatnot to come uh but for but today we are gonna give you all that mac and me nonsense (laughs) yeah actually beyond this first part of the episode it's it's pretty standard yeah i figured that would be the case like Like, fucking weird up front and then it's like okay we're gonna do like the rising stats and then we're gonna talk about like what worked or didn't work all right fantastic we're breaking for commercial, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. All right. We'll be back. Uh, welcome back to Drazzled. We are now going to cover the stats. We have to figure out where Daddy the hell I'm going to cut that intro. <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't want to talk about goose poop? Yeah, I think, well, the, the, it's uh, slick as hell, man. I know. You do not want to slip on that. I've done it. I've. God, did I ever tell you about the time I, I skinny dipped in the little pond in Allegheny? <laughs> no. Yeah. Did I, was I naked that time? I was naked at some point that night. And... <laughs> They have like a little duck pond. Yeah, I know exactly where it is. Yeah, I, you know, it's not super deep. It's deep enough that it like goes up your your nips, uh, but the entire bottom of it's lined with goose shit. Yeah, of course. So it is. it's immediately got like stuck between my toes. Oh, what a time! Uh, what do you think the tom- tomato meter score is for this for Mac and me? Oh man, um, it's got to be like a two, right? It's a little higher. A little higher. A teeny bit higher. Six? Seven. Seven. Ah, Mm -hmm. I I was thinking seven. Shit. Uh, How about the audience score? Audience score. So for reasons that will become abundantly clear later, I I know that Rotten Tomatoes audience uh, users tend to... Some of them have a tendency to go, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Five stars. Right. Uh, So I'm going to say... 24. It shouldn't be even that, but it's higher. I should have, you know what? I should have guessed higher for reasons that will become clear later. Yes. 37? 38. Damn it! Yeah, you're off by one again. (laughs) Uh, And then the last one we'll do is IMDB score. IMDB score. Out of 10. IMDB, I don't know what the hell's happening there. So I was like, oh, like a 4.3? It's a 3.3 out of 10. Okay. Which is a little bit understandable. I would give it maybe like a it's not completely shit. There's like one or two redeeming, maybe like a 2.7. Sure. Yeah, yeah. that feels reasonable. It did have like a a, a, a plot line that was followable. I'll give it that. And well, we'll get, we'll get. Sure, things. sure, we'll get sure. Uh, so 
this one was nominated for a Razzie. Yes, yeah, so it didn't win any, but it yeah, it definitely well, was nominated. It didn't win Worst Picture. It did oh, win two awards. Sorry, you're right. Yeah. Uh, so it was 1989. It was the ninth annual Golden Raspberries. McAmey was nominated for four. This movie came out in 88, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yes. A couple of notable things not directly tied to the Razzies. Uh, McAmey received a dishonorable mention at the 11th Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. Hashtag bring back the stinkers. Hashtag uh, give us the stinkers. And... This has nothing to do with McAmey, but just makes me mad. But there was a worse actress nomination for Cassandra Peters for Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Wait, yeah. excuse me? Yeah. For... Yeah, I want to say those stinkers. I don't think that was Razzie's. Hey, hey stinkers? No. Some people, I, I almost brought this up last night when we were recording with Antonio, that like people don't understand camp, especially critics. Yeah, that's very true. And I feel like Elvira's pretty self-aware camp. If by pretty, you mean like... Incredibly, th- like <laughs> right. Thoroughly, like, marinated in camp. Hairspray and camp. Yes. her All of her makeup <laughs> is, at least th- is at least 80% camp. Great. <laughs> uh, so it was... Uh, Mac and Me was nominated for Worst Picture, but as we've discussed, it... Lost to Cocktail. It did lose to Cocktail. And I've never seen Cocktail. No. I know it's a very early Tom Cruise mm-hmm. film. But now I want to watch it because how is it? How could it be worse than this? That's that's the thing. I'm like, I, I believe it's probably not a great film. Sure. But that it is worse than Mac and Me, I that cannot feels, see it. Yeah, it's it's extremely hard to fathom. Which brings us to worst screenplay. Did it win Worst Screenplay? It was nominated. It was nominated. However. Did Cocktail? Cocktail won Worst Screenplay. Fuck. Um, Also nominated was Hot to Trot. This movie I've never heard of. Fun name, though. It is a fun name. (laughs) Rambo 3. Ah, okay. Which is the bad screenplay. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Uh, And this made me a little mad. And I, I have not watched it since I was a kid, so maybe I'm just remembering it with nostalgia. But Willow was nominated. Willow? Screenplay. Yeah. Really? Um, I'm, again, I haven't watched this since I was maybe uh, 10. I, but Yeah, you know, I neither have I, but like, holy shit. I'm going to rewatch it because I remember really liking I'm, it. I'm going to have to go back to that. I've also, I mean, I've also wanted to watch the revival series that they've, that they've done, mostly because I've heard that it's like, you know, openly gay in a bunch of ways, oh, which, you know, nice. hey, Disney's finally can't hide from that. <laughs> so. All right. Uh, so the two awards that it did win, Worst Director, were it tied. Oh, it tied for mm-hmm. Worst Director. Interesting. Uh, so the director of Mac and Me is Stuart, I'm going to say Rayfield. Okay. Uh, or Raphael. Sure. Uh, he tied with Blake Edwards for Sunset, which is a movie I haven't watched, but I've, I've... watched a good number of Blake Edwards films. He did the original Pink Panther movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, he's done a lot of other movies beyond that. I don't, maybe Sunset just really, maybe it was I've never stinker. heard of it. No. Uh, Do you know what it's about or? Not at all. Huh. Oh. Fascinating. I, he was also a working director. So, it, and by that, I mean like he was directing for the studio. So it's like, I wake up, I'm going to work. I'm a director. Oh, this is a script. Great. We're going to direct it. Sure. Sure. Um, which tends to increase your flop amount. Uh, and then the last 
award that Magami won was Worst New Star. Would you like to guess who that is? Oh, no. <laughs> they did not nominate a child. Okay, this time. that was okay. That's what I was <laughs> yeah, genuinely worried I about. I saw you sighing on a dial. It's like, don't, like, don't tell me you nominated no. that kid in that fucking wheelchair. I swear to God. Um, <laughs> oh, who, who, who was it? It was, it was the clown himself, Ronald McDonald. Huh. Yeah. He won. Ronald's got him I, got himself a Razzie. I, I don't know how to feel about that, actually. I, I'm mad. You're I'm mad, mad you're about mad it. about it? You have to, full disclosure, I have a an affinity for clowns. You do, yes. Um <laughs> You're the, one of the only people I know with this affinity. <laughs> <laughs> Belinda has a second partner who also has an affinity for clowns. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, yeah. holy shit. Like, how did you find two people that... The odds are infinitesimally small. We've, like... we've shared, like, Instagram posts about clowns to each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, both fun and extra fun. Compersion at its finest. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, realistically, that, the reason I don't like it is because he's on screen for three seconds, so it's very much like a gag. Yeah, honestly, it, it, it feels too much like a gag, yeah. and also, honestly, he seemed like a pretty engaging Ronald McDonald. Like, no, there, I'm sure there have been shit, well, I know there have been shittier Ronalds, and no, he was pretty good. He's yeah. like the classic version of Ronald that I... Yeah, he was like the one, the, he was like the iconic version of Ronald that we all know, but like the but like the actor kind of that mm-hmm. was the model for that, I think. I, I have his name in part two. Nice. Um, For, for those responsible, <laughs> even though he didn't do anything wrong, but I just wanted to like credit him. He's, yeah, credit where credit's due. Yeah. Sure. Great. Do you want to go think about some clowns and come back in a bit? Uh, yeah, I think that's reasonable. Let's think about some clowns and... Oh, don't give me that look. We'll be right back, I think. Welcome to Making a Martini, up, dry, and straight to the point. I am the host, Caleb Viggles, accompanied by my CFO, Scooter, who is my dog. And together, we are bringing you the podcast education you never knew you needed. Sometimes more than you get in our own country's actual education system. Do the children of today learn about sex, Shakespeare, and race in school? I mean, maybe, but I sure didn't, and look what happened to me. I started a podcast. And is this really what you want for your children? No, it's fucking not. But I can guarantee that the children in school today don't learn about the Alien franchise, why Grease 2 is better than Grease, and certainly not the joys of Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling which you will learn here. And if you came here thinking this is going to be a podcast on how to make martinis and whatnot, well, you're almost right, because we are making cocktails. Cocktails for all occasions, including the classic dirty vodka martini, the pride teeny, and the bro knee, and more. Typically accompanied by a knowledgeable guest, or at least someone who I think is knowledgeable and entertaining. And hey, you might think so too. I mean, what more could anyone with a thirst for knowledge and a thirst for vodka-based drinks want in their life? So join me with our bi-weekly themed cocktail as we take on numerous practical and crazy topics, have a laugh, and get straight to the point. I'm practically drunk just thinking about it. 
Make sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And remember, please drink responsibly. Cheers. Welcome back. Hey, let's talk about what worked and what didn't work for Mac and me. Joe, for the cast, what worked? (laughs) What worked for the cast? You know, actually, I think that the kids, for the most part, I I think worked. I think the uh, kind of antagonistic brotherly relationship that we have going between Eric and, um, I forget his brother's name off the top of my head. Um, given it's been a little bit now since I've actually watched the movie, and I will not watch it again. I watched it twice. I I know. <laughs> you always do that, which you're usually the one writing these scripts. It makes sense. Uh, but, like, yeah, it was a believable kind of brotherly antagonism yeah. uh, into, the, you know, kind of eased its way into, like, a, no, he's telling the truth, actually. I saw what, he, I saw what he's talking about. Right, like you're my uh, brother. I'm gonna tease you, but when things are actually serious, I'll I'll stand up for you. Right, yeah, like that 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 I thought was good. Um, Michael, Michael, yeah. that's right. Yes, yeah, yeah. Eric and Michael's relationship, I think, was uh, was effective. You know, I actually really like the actress who played the mother. I did too. Like I was worried that she was gonna be kind of a grating, annoying character, mm-hmm. but actually, I think she she's a reasonable, uh, stressed out single parent. Yeah, like. Her reactions were pretty, like, proportional to what was happening around her, I think. And she, that actress, and I, I'll look it up, but, like, that actress has a significant resume. Really? Um, yeah, she's done, like, of the actors that are in the film, she's the one that has done the most. Okay. Um, Christine Ebersole. Christine Ebersole. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I thought that her performance was good. I think, she, yeah, solid, solid movie mom. She was nominated for an Emmy. For one life to live. So yeah. No shit. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and she was White Diamond in Steven Universe. Sorry, I almost did a spit take. Are you <laughs> like fucking yeah. kidding me? Uh, yeah, she had a reoccurring. Role she was as... the voice of White Diamond. Yeah. This means nothing to me, but yeah. Wait, how much of Steven Universe have you seen? I watched the first two episodes. Oh man. Okay, no, this is like end. This is like end game. Like end. Like end of the series. Shit. Yeah, she's. Like a super big bad, like oh, okay. like space tyrant. <laughs> like no, Christine Ebersole has a, a significant resume, um, both on stage and film. Holy fucking shit! Um, All right, and apparently is a big, a big bad, a big baddie for Steven Universe. Yeah, I, um, I'm astounded. Yeah, and it, honestly, in general, the of the main cast, given the kind of movie they were trying to make, I don't have much of a problem with them. No. Um, especially the actor who played Eric had never acted before. I, I honest, I, I'm, I guess I'm not surprised because of his age, but mm. I am a little surprised because he handled himself pretty well. Yeah. Like genuinely this kid, like that kid, like he, he knew how to make, make his reactions to this weirdness happening around him feel kind of natural. Like, like, can you imagine being on a set with this dumb this, fucking puppet? Oh man. <laughs> They did a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, and it, like it, it very much has the 80s kind of heightened reality goofiness to yep. it. If this was the style of acting I saw in like a movie today, I would I would say it was awful. But like <laughs> for the time period, yeah, it makes sense. No, no one stuck out to me as 
an awful actor. I can't believe I'm saying such things about McAmey. I know. Yeah, it's 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 a a little bit shocking, but also yeah. true in this instance. Like the like the cast really is one of the most redeeming aspects mm-hmm. of this film. Like you know, given you don't you're not going to see that coming if you were introduced to this film the way that both of us were, which is every time Paul Rudd goes onto a Conan O'Brien show and says he has a clip for a movie he's promoting and he plays the scene of Eric going over a cliff into a river in his wheelchair. Paul Rudd almost single-handedly made Mac and me into a cult. Yes, this movie. I, uh, absolutely. I, I would say not almost. He did single-handedly do that. I would he, s- he is the only reason I know what this movie is. I will say, because I did some research, because like nobody saw this when it first came out. Of course not. Uh, it was when it came out on VHS that the first generation of people were like, this is an awful movie. I want to watch it again. <laughs> but of our generation, absolutely Paul Rudd. So two, two things about yes. that real quick. Um, of course it was fucking VHS. I'll talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, and two, uh, some friends of mine and Becca's uh, own a business out in, I think it's Butler, I, for, I, I think, uh, called, your, uh, called Your Parents' Basement, Ooh. which is like a gaming and nostalgia kind of sp- and crafting space that they have oh. built into an old PNC bank, basically. Uh, and they have like this whole like, 80s wood paneled style like basement looking corner of the place that's filled with a bunch of VHSs and whatnot. And when I went to go visit it and like yeah. talk with them and hang out for a little while, I did notice sitting on the table next to the wood paneled television that was sitting on the floor a VHS copy of Mac and oh, Me. It's wonderful. Now I've been wondering this since mm-hmm. I saw the movie. Regular size or deluxe size VHS? It was a regular VHS. Didn't didn't get the the Disney classic treatment, huh? No, no, it didn't. Uh, I, the... I don't imagine there is a soft case uh, clamshell <laughs> extra large or or the like nineties VHS porno tapes. Oh man, <laughs> the, the size of like a hardback book, basically. <laughs> wow, that was a journey. Um, <laughs> while while this was like part of the whole reason the movie was funded, I did appreciate to see an actor who was in a wheelchair. Yes. In, yeah. In a movie from that time period. And it's not made out to be like a big deal yeah. or a or like a sideshow gag or played for laughs no. or anything. He's not ridiculed or made fun of for being in a wheelchair. He just is. Yeah. And he gets around ably. Like yeah. it's like I it is weird for me to think like, hey, bravo nineteen eighty eight yeah. film for actually doing decent accessibility representation. Yeah. Like Especially for what we know about the director later. He's he's not a good guy. Oh, that's news to me. Okay. Yeah, we'll get to it. Uh, yep. But also, the this movie had a lot of hands-on from the producer. Okay. And it was, I think it was the producer who specifically said he wanted somebody to somebody who had been a part of the Ronald McDonald house system. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's especially like how considering how big a role that plays mm-hmm. in the overall production of this, the fact that they actually went that extra mile. I think I think is admirable. Yeah, not a thing I usually get to say about Ronald McDonald House charities, honestly. But right. So uh, now that we've we've kind of sung the praises of this cast, what do you like about the story? Oh, buddy, I, I think I like the development of Michael's uh, believing what Eric is saying because okay. he, yeah. you know, he goes the 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 track from antagonistic older brother who's just kind of 
you know, picking on his 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 kid brother because he can. To I saw some weird shit. I think. Yeah. To my brother says he saw some weird shit, but he's a kid. What does he right, know? Yeah. To holy shit, he did see that, and I guess I think I did too. Actually, no, this is real, and I'm gonna back him for the rest of the movie because of that. I think, I think that worked really well. I I I think even even through that like even through like the weird um like car chase escape van like van escape with the entire alien family at the end and where. The- Fleet of horses. And the fleet of horses. There are so many horses for some reason. There's a reason, and I'll get to it. Okay, okay. I'm I'm excited. I guess. I'm upset, know but yeah, there is a reason. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I I think that aspect of the story worked very well. I do the the core family of Eric, his mom, and his brother Michael. Yes, they work for me. Um, I think even the friend. The friend is enjoyable, but is pretty like a one note character to me. She, she, yeah, I think she herself is a one note mm-hmm. character, but I think her overall like support and uh, the, with the role, the role she plays as kind of Eric's second banana. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, I think I think that kind of works. I'm struggling to think of anyone else in particular that like really stands out or anything I mean, else story-wise that story really wise, stands out the only other uh, thing that i like is that the climax happens outside of a grocery store oh my god <laughs> it it felt very 1970s kind of down to earth almost yeah, like you know, you dog know day afternoon I will, style. <laughs> I will hold the shit yeah that's a comparison <laughs> Uh, you know, I will say, I think the alien family walking into the grocery store and the, yeah. the reactions that people have, that felt real. Yeah. <laughs> like, the fact that somebody does eventually pull a gun and the police are called and all that, like, that all feels It's a major feasible. total shift for it's the film. It's a big but... fucking tone shift, but it also, like, it's like, yeah, how would you not react this way? <laughs> like, good lord. Uh, so, yeah, I am... Yeah, I I will cite that as well. But other than that, I I can't say much for the story. Um, the the parts that are cohesive feel like they were just copy and pasted from ET. Yeah, um, like like you said, you only changed one word of that synopsis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you you'll notice that we have not said anything about Mac or his family working. We have not. No. Um, which I guess we'll get to. But... Yep. Have anything else for story? I I'm really struggling. I, I I don't I don't think I have anything else. No themes. I guess the importance of family. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I I have one that isn't something that necessarily worked for me, but is fascinating. Sure, hit, um, hit me with it. The the concept of taking these aliens and making them U.S. citizens. <laughs> the. Americanization of this alien race of, I guess, what was four? Four. Yeah, it was a, it was a nuclear family was, of four. It was five, but one got lost in the ship. Wait, was it? I swear the movie starts with the mom and dad, I guess, little sister, Mac, and then I, I swear there's a baby. T- t- write me if I'm wrong. I... I thought there was only the four of them. When we first see them on the planet, which I assumed was Mars, but it it actually never specifies. Yeah, no, they, yeah, we have no idea what their home world is. That it's it's the five of them, and then whenever they arrive on Earth, 
Somehow, there's oh, one missing. I think I think that when they were just sucking water or with straws maybe, or maybe coke out right. of, out of the ground <laughs> right. with straws, who fucking knows on this planet? Uh, I think there was another um, another alien being, but I don't think he was with them. I think that I think <laughs> I think believe it or not, this is my theory. I think I think okay. he was an extra. <laughs> I can see that. It was a crew guy. He just yeah. was caught in frame. No, we need we need to make this Terry, we need to make this world feel a little bit less dead. You wanna you wanna come suck some water out of the ground? No, nah, strip down, got some Vaseline. Now you're gonna have to shave your head. You're gonna have to shave your whole head, Terry. Yeah. And you know what, just the rest of you, just to be sure. Yep, no, that's poor, canon. That's poor, canon. Poor now. Terry. Poor Terry. <laughs> he was just there for the free lunch. He just wanted a free lunch, that's it. He was on hard times. You made him shave his whole body, grease up into an alien suit. Reagan's America. He just wanted to get fucking Reagan. <laughs> God damn it. So yeah, the the <laughs> making the alien fam- family citizens of the United States is fascinating to me. I don't know if I say it works. It no. was it was a fascinating <laughs> turn though. I was not expecting it because we we have a. Uh, <laughs> The climax of the film at the grocery store where Eric is revived. Yes. Because they fucking kill a child. Yeah. Because <laughs> Do we want to talk about the deleted scene? Yeah, I think this is a good place to talk about the okay. deleted scene. So there, <laughs> there was a different cut of Mac and Me. So, so in, in the movie... <laughs> Eric so, tries to save the family from getting shot. Yeah, the so alien family. We, we mentioned there's that they walk. In, they end up with this whole alien family in a grocery store. Well, the alien dad ends up taking a gun from a cop, like you do. Yeah, uh, and then on their way like out, like um, somebody like gets an itchy tr- tr- uh, trigger finger right. and accidentally fires, and the dad alien turns back around and just starts firing wildly because he doesn't know what the fuck's happening, and he like shoots a propane tank or something, and an explosion happens yeah. and kills Eric. <laughs> That's the American cut. That's oh, it's the American cut. That's the okay. the U.S. cut. Okay, I wasn't sure if this was an international thing or just a straight up like clerk style deleted scene. The the clip I sent you was never supposed to be seen. It ended up in the Japanese cut. Oh my god! Where Eric still dies, but by cop, a cop fucking shoots him. <laughs> like you, like, like Eric is wheeling his way over to try to get to the family of yeah. aliens as they go ba- as they start walking back to the van. You know, because they know how to fucking drive. Right. Uh, <laughs> the itchy trigger fingered cop fires and just shoots Eric in the chest somehow. Yeah. Yeah, and there's just like the impact is just like a flash of light on his windbreaker, right? And then he just goes full like Christ pose, arms <laughs> out, leans back in his chair as as he slows to a stop, dead. Like, holy fucking shit! I'm amazed that they filmed that whatsoever, but I'm glad someone. I'm amazed they got so far as putting in like the bullet impact after effect. Like, good lord, <laughs> right. guys! Someone, someone saw that scene and said, guys. We absolutely can't have that. No! We can't shoot this kid. 100% we can't do that. No. Like, E.T. was dark. They killed off the alien for a hot second. He got better. We can't try to one-up that by killing this kid. And we we already kind of did the dead alien thing for a second here. (laughs) 
So yeah, that clip exists. Ooh. It's out there. Go ahead and check it out. Sure does. What were we talking about? Themes? Uh, oh, themes. Th- them being citizens. Right, because they go from the scene where they resurrect <laughs> Eric, Jesus. Yep. And then it cuts to them in, I don't know, like a courthouse or something. Sure, Well, yeah. it doesn't even cut to them. It cuts to the, like, feds oh, or you... the government agents running because they're late. They're late. They are very late, yes. <laughs> and you think, oh, man, they're going after the aliens still. No. Nah. And, then, and then they cut to a new establishing shot of, like, the outside of a courthouse and go in. And sure enough, there right. they all are in human clothes. Just the late 80s, whitest <laughs> clothes. <laughs> They're and very 1950s. It's hilarious. You you can't leave out the very ending of the film, which I guess this would be story. The story that I guess we're, yeah, I guess we're kind of we're kind we're of bouncing kind of around. That's fine. Bit it gives a shit. Um, <laughs> the part that says Mac will be back. It does say Mac will be back. I forgot about that. They were really confident. They were confident. They, oh man, they, that was hubris. There's so much hubris in those words. <laughs> Okay, oh, it's like it's like a it's like a comic book. Text yeah, bubble it's like that a weird up, like, right? animated comic book text bubble. Yeah, Max will or Mac will return or whatever it is. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Mac will be back, but it, regardless, yeah. uh, no. <laughs> no, no, he wasn't. <laughs> Didn't even get ma- merchandising. Um, I wonder why. Say hey, what what for the production work for you? Is that is that a serious question? <laughs> I I keep flip flopping on the dance number. Oh man, the dance number. There is a dance number in the in the McDonald's. There's a significant dance it's number. It's like a big dance number. Is it supposed to serve like as a distraction or something? Like I, I or is it just a happen? I forget. Well, they're they're dancing when they arrive. There's dancing in the parking lot. There is dancing in the parking lot when they arrive. Yeah. It And I think it just kind of occurs because Mac is disguised as a terrifying nightmare teddy bear. True. Yeah. And he keeps stretching his arm out to take people's coke. Right. Uh and they somehow managed to play that off. Like, he, like there's... oh, he's just a real fancy robot teddy bear. Yeah, and then he starts dancing. So like, <laughs> ET doesn't have that. ET. I will say Spielberg did not put ET in a teddy bear suit and have him dance around. Did have him dress up like an old woman. Did have him dress up as an old woman. Didn't and dance. Also, was a ghost. Was, he was a, ghost. a ghost for a little bit. Um, that Yoda kid was onto him though. You could tell. Oh yeah, right away. Not as a teddy, not as a dancing teddy bear in a chain restaurant, though. No, I. Uh... So I again, I'm not sure if it worked for me, but it was definitely something I remembered. I will, I will have it seared into my brain. Yes, wonderful. Who didn't work for you for the cast? The federal agents. Yeah, they were like discount. Yeah, federal there was, agents. They, they didn't stand out in any way. They just felt kind of bland. And whereas I think they were supposed to have more menace to them. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think they fulfilled that. No, they didn't even shoot a kid. They didn't even shoot a kid. They didn't shoot a kid. They learned nothing from <laughs> Die Hard. No, the cops shot a kid. The cop. Well, yeah, they learned something from Die Hard. They, <laughs> I, also, just the aliens. I mean, the aliens I, like I don't know whether so... to put that on the casting is bad or the production is bad. You know what? That's fair. I will. I. I I will withhold that from casting because I don't think that we can really hold that against the people in the suits. <laughs> no. How how would you act in that thing? Not easily. Oh, Jack, why'd you do that? I'm pretty sure even Doug Jones would have problems with this. <laughs> 
I would like to see him try. I'd, I'd, I would pay good money to see him try. I'm imagining it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of of the human performers, there were some that were just like, eh. But overall, I don't really have any problem with the human actors. Yeah. Um, the the story uh, <laughs> has so much to pick apart. The parts that were good are not even good. They're just like it, f- serviceable. Sure. And they were s- stolen from E.T. And they were stolen from E.T., yeah. You could almost like pinpoint moments where it was like they wanted to use Reese's Pieces for they, this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I called it a copyright-safe SparkNotes version of E.T. Yes. Um, the script was, in fact, rushed. We'll get to that. But you could okay. tell. You could tell. Ow. Oh, my God. You can absolutely tell. Um, why straws? Why straws? Like, why? Why, why would they? Okay. So, I mean, like, we know from the establishing shot on their planet that, mm-hmm. like, they drink out of the ground with straw-like apparatuses. Yeah. Why on earth would Eric <laughs> or the neighbor kid... No, to use straws to lure him anywhere. Yeah, before Mac and Eric become buds, he has to be lured in. Yeah, and, and like I don't straws. I don't know if they've actually made the connection that he likes Coke at this point yet or not. I don't believe so because like we've seen that because we know that whenever he he stows away in their van uh, after landing on Earth, that he like reaches up and steals Eric's Coke, and Eric blames it on Michael, but. None of them have any reason to think it was the alien. It feels like a first draft mistake. Yeah. It's like something you would correct if you had time for a second draft. And they super didn't. I, I don't believe they did. No. Why? Well, I do know why they had alien powers, but narratively, <laughs> why? I want to know why their whistles work the way they do. Like, why? <laughs> the the why? whistles, I have no idea. There's like, no why are, spoken of that. Why are they able to whistle from like wherever the fuck they are? And then wherever the fuck Mac is, he's able to kind yeah. of like sense it. Like what what what's happening there? Do whistles work differently with this species? Like does he have some kind of supersonic hearing? If w- so, how aren't radio and TV waves fucking <laughs> with him constantly? So uh, the powers were given to him specifically so he would be different from E.T. I don't know if that is also another thing. They're like, I'll just add this other characteristic that will further separate <laughs> us from a lawsuit. Okay. I mean, I can buy that. Um, again, the legally dissimilar has to be the name of the game with this kind of thing. Right. Uh, production. I, I did write here a little anecdote. Um, the like second week I lived in Pittsburgh, Rob Hockenberry yes. took me along to a, a film shoot, like a, a little short film. Um, I think he was doing hair and makeup Neat. and somebody who was doing the gore effects was telling a story about how the last short film they had worked on. Um, there's a scene where a monster or whatever rips a man's testicles off. Oh God. <laughs> and she's like, the way we did that is we wrapped two ball, whatever's with chicken skin. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would do it. Huh? Yeah. And because I had that on my head, that's, all I could see <laughs> is ch- it's chicken skin ball sacks. Chicken skin ball sacks for those aliens with a I, kind of sex doll whistle mouth God. and little horns, it's, which is a choice. 
A couple of them did have little horns. Yeah. I forgot about that. It's the mouth is way too small to be effectively a sex doll, <laughs> right? Because they're constantly in whistle mouth. Like they don't, the, their that, mouths don't yeah. move any other way. It's in whistle mouth straw sucky. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's, it's like they're like they are uh, like evolutionarily like confined to just that. I'm it, mad at how often I've said this word on this podcast, uh-huh. but it's it's a Mac cloaca. <laughs> I really don't want to call it a face cloaca. I. It's either that or chicken skin ball sack. It, neither of them are good, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Just. So the point is the costumes for the aliens don't work at all. No, no, they, they really don't. No, um, they're, they look wi- wildly uncomfortable. They, oh my God, incredibly restrictive in terms of their movement and whatnot. Yeah. Like their faces are completely unexpressive. The, the eyes are just unnerving. Yeah, yeah. They're... Like, they're not as bad on Mac himself, but on the dad in... The, the dad, dad and in the particular mom in particular are <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> I hate it so much. Yeah, oh my God, it's terrible. Um, one, one more thing I want to bring up before we close out. I hated the music for this. The score. Oh, the music's not good. I mean, the songs that they picked were also bad. But the (laughs) score specifically is awful. Yeah. Um, It it, it is one of those scores that, like, begins to distract from what's happening on the screen. And as much as that might feel welcome in this movie at times, it's super not. It's it's way too intrusive. It's way... It's... it's, uh, it, It... None of it feels good. Yeah. If, if, if anything, it just accentuates how bad some of the sequences feel. I'll get into more of the resume in, in part two, but it the score is by Alan Silvestri, who did the- That's right! I for, oh yeah. my god, I forgot it was Alan Silvestri! Like- Jesus! He did the score to the Back to Back to the Future. Yeah! Like, he's not- he, mm. He's done the score to a lot of fucking good yeah. stuff. He's done a lot of amazing work, but this is a bad score for some reason. I was like, I saw his name. I was like, okay, at least the music's gonna be good, right? Or serviceable, or serviceable at least. But no, it wasn't this time. Like I, no, it was, he phoned it in. I think it was a weekend gig. <laughs> Joe, oh, I do want to point one one other thing out yes. here, real quick. Um, I don't know whether we call this a production thing or a story thing. I don't think we could possibly identify any other themes that don't that that would or would not <laughs> right. work in this thing. That moment where he's in the po- where Mac is in like the power wheel chasing down a uh, chasing down Eric and he's being chased by a bunch of dogs. Those dogs would have absolutely caught him, right? <laughs> yes. Like I'm yeah. pretty sure even downhill a power wheel doesn't go that quickly. No, I I was never loved enough as a child to have a power wheel. Nor but... <laughs> nor did I have one. I'm just <laughs> I did have a big wheel, but that was manpower. I have, it was yeah. Big wheel, yes. Uh, one of those neat orange cars with the yellow roof, yes. Oh yeah, I love yeah. that thing. I think a big wheel, you might have a chance of outrunning a dog on a hill. On a hill, I don't know. Maybe, 
But like but one of those power wheel, wheels, I don't though, think so. like I think they 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 don't have that fast a max speed for like regulatory reasons. And even though I know it was the fucking eighties, like <laughs> absolutely shattered my suspension of disbelief. <laughs> like, no, he would have been ripped to shit by those dogs. <laughs> he would have been. It would have been a much faster movie. Yes. Much bloodier movie. <laughs> Which clearly somebody writing the script wanted. <laughs> Joe, yes. does Mac and me deserve its accolades? Does it deserve the hate? I'm going to I'm gonna say yes. I think there are some redeeming aspects to it, which I did not see coming. But overall, yes. Uh, it is. It, it's, a, it's real bad. I'm probably never going to watch it again. <laughs> Thanks, Wayne. Are there worse things in this world? Yes. Absolutely. Did I write, it needs more hate? I did. (laughs) (laughs) I think more people should be aware of this movie so they can hate it. (laughs) That's strong. That is fucking strong right there. It's a really dumb, dumb movie. (laughs) And the people who made it didn't do it out of love or anything. No, no. I think that I think that's absolutely fair to say. I we we've sung the praises of the people who deserved it. Yes. Everyone else can run hell. Yeah. Fantastic, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> where can people find us? Thank you all for uh joining us for part 1 here. Uh you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts and if you could rate and review the show in those places, we would greatly appreciate it. We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, good pods, wherever else you listen to podcasts, uh, those ratings go a long way to helping other people find us. And we really want more people to find us. That would be amazing. Thank you. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at derazzled pod on Instagram and TikTok at derazzled underscore podcast on Facebook at derazzled podcast. Uh, if you have suggestions for movies you'd like to see us cover as somebody suggested that we cover this yeah, one. Yeah, why not, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you can email us at derazzledpodcast at gmail.com. Don't you dare... St- there's a mo- there's a particular movie I'm going to ask that you don't suggest in part two. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, we'll get to we'll it. We'll get to it. But oh, but if but uh, also feel free to reach out to us if you want to see any particular merch pop up in our D, in our uh, derazzled Redbubble merch store. Uh, so yeah, that's always fun. Yeah. Or if you want a shower curtain, we have shower curtains there too. <laughs> we do legitimately have several shower curtain <laughs> options. <laughs> but most importantly, join us next time. Or we'll be we'll sure, sure to, to razzle dazzle you. <laughs> <laughs>